We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. Okay, we're here live in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm here with Andy Gold. What's up, dude? What's up? And and you, we were just discussing that your name, you wanted to change your name from Andy Gold to... Uh, my name sounds like a stage name. It does. It, it sounded like I had a regular name. Or you could have been a Catskills, a Catskills comedian, Andy Gold. What's a Catskills comedian? Oh, uh, in north of New York City, uh, there's a big Jewish population in the old days, like Jerry Lewis, uh... You know, Joan Rivers, there's a whole Borscht Belt. Of and those, those guys were called Catskills Comedians? Yeah, they started off as Catskills Comedians in the Borscht Belt, north of New York, like an hour and 45, two hours north. There were all this huge circuit of bungalows and resorts, and there would be like comics. And so Andy Gold could have been one of the names of the comics. Out because of, of uh, the gold thing, because it's Jewish sounding. Yeah, well, it could have been Goldstein. Yeah, you changed it to Andy Gold. Did I wish I did comedy back in those days? Right. Oh, my God. So what is what is Andy Gold, your family name? But you're in Utah, so that's not even... Right, uh-huh. were you from? So you were in Salt Lake. I, I'm from Utah. Is Andy Gold my family name? Well, Andy's just mine, yeah. but then Gold is my family name. <laughs> yeah, Gold, Gold's the one that all of my family has. Okay, but I'm the only Andy. And we're, we're not all Andy Gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be, it could be Andy Gold. The, the last name could just be Andy Gold, um, and you're going by your last let's name. See, I know I got a touch of German in me, oh, so okay. I'm thinking the Gold comes from there. I know Gold's Jewish, but I'm not Jewish. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe like your. I'm thinking it was Goldman or Goldstein, and then they came through Ellis Island, right. and they're like, "Man, that's too that's too Jewish." So we're just yeah. gonna make you gold. Right. And kind of like s- kind of like a lot of Rileys were O'Reillys, oh. but they're like, "That's too Irish." So we're just gonna make you a Riley. We're just gonna camouflage the rest of. Well, it. they they did that back in the day, I think. Yeah, yeah, but it's like how so, camouflaged is O'Reilly or O'Connor? Yeah, I know. Right. But that's that's still. I think they just wanted to Americanize it. I don't know if it was a. Uh, for camouflage purposes or just like Americanization purposes. Right, right. We can't deal with those extra, that extra vowel. Uh-huh. So wait, did you, you grew up in, in Utah? Yeah, I grew up in Utah. I grew up uh, Mormon, not Jewish. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a Mormon anymore. Okay, well, you're, but what, did you, I look did you go off and do your, your mission stuff? No, 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 no. I, I never, I, uh, I lost interest far before, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just discovered partying and stuff is what happened. And I knew that was way more fun than church. Yeah. And then, uh, one thing led to another. So yeah. your family was, was your family super kind, religious? Ki- kind of. My parents have gotten more religious as they've gotten older just cause they're nearing death, which I think is kind of common. You, right, you, right, right, right. When you're near, near death, the cliff, you start asking for help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bingo. But they were always Mormon. Like, but we were never as Mormon as a lot of the people in our neighborhood, like Mormonism is a pretty, you got to be pretty dedicated to do it fully. Church is three hours every Sunday. And then you go home teaching after church. And then you have family home evening every Monday. Wow. Um, You don't watch R rated movies. Some families don't even watch PG 13 movies until the kids are 13. No coffee. A lot of no stimulants, no, no stimulants. And we followed most of those. Um, we went to church every Sunday, but we didn't do family home evening. We were pretty like middle of the road. Right. My family did okay. Right. Right. Yeah. We were like uh, Mormon curious. 
No, no, we we, we, we were dev- like we were like members. My parents oh, okay. still are for sure. Not just Mormon curious, but just weren't crushing it like a lot of the Mormons. Right. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of the Mormons. C are, plus. C plus Mormon. C plus. I would say. Okay. You know, there was profanity in the house. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Oh, okay. So pretty, the, how how did that feed your comedy then? Did you start? Was it sort of a rebellion because it wasn't so repressed? I wouldn't say the Mormon thing has influenced my comedy very much at all. Huh. How you did know. you? How old were you when you, just, you decided you wanted to do comedy, or how did it? How did you find it, or how did it find you? Um, I was almost twenty-six when I decided I wanted to do comedy, and at the time, I just uh, I had sort of recently become a stand-up comedy fan. Okay, I wasn't ever that big of a fan, and just became curious about it, and was just kind of a in a spot where I wasn't doing anything I really enjoyed with my life at all and just started figuring out how do I go to stand-up comedy. I didn't know shit. The first time I ever did stand-up comedy, I mean, excuse me, the first time I was ever in a comedy club was the first time I ever did stand-up comedy. Like, I never even went to any shows or anything like that. Huh. And I just tried an open mic at uh, the club in Salt Lake City and just sort it's of... It's called The Club? Wise guys. Wise guys. Yeah. But it is the club. The club. Yeah. There's like other spots that do comedy, but that's the spot. It's like the spot in Salt Lake City is wise guys. Wise guys. Okay. Yeah. And went to their open mic and uh, just thought it was really fun and thought all of the comics were really cool and funny and just, yeah, kept going back. Then after a few months, I got better at it and just started to get spots. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then probably after about two years or so is when I kind of said, oh, I think I'm going to try to make this my career path. Yeah, that's the summarized version. That's of the that haiku. Story. Yeah, yeah, the haiku yeah, yeah, version yeah. of it. But I was never like influenced to do it or driven to do it because of Mormonism at all. Like a lot of uh, people who were Mormon and who don't really go anymore, that's still like a huge part of their identity. But these are people who like went on missions, went through the temple. They were real like tithe paying, practicing like hardcore Mormons okay. and then decided it wasn't for them. And it does kind of seep into their act and they do talk a lot about being a lapsed Mormon. Right. But I don't really talk about that. Right. Well, you talked about, <laughs> I talked about, I talked about heroin that had a much bigger impact on me than Mormonism. How did you yeah. discover heroin or how did it discover you? Well, I was addicted to Oxycontin. Okay. And then how did that? Well, like I said, I was a party kid. Right. So I just started doing all of the drug. I mean, you know, for the same reason a lot of kids do. You want to be one of the cool kids. Right. Right. So I started partying. And because, like, it was fun. It was certainly right. funner than church. Right. Right. You know. There are a lot of things that are funner than Mormon church. Most things, I would say, <laughs> are funner than Mormon. Falling out of a window. <laughs> That's more exhilarating. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't fall asleep through that. No, no, you certainly can't. It's... <laughs> um, Let's see. And a window, but I think I learned, a window doesn't judge you. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, a window judges everybody the same. Right. It doesn't right. really care who you are. Right, right. The results are, results are going to be the same. This is true. Um, but no, I learned like when I was a kid that I was kind of like an addict. Okay. Because when I started smoking pot and drinking and everything and all the other kids were just doing it on the weekends, um, I couldn't understand like why you would drink so seldomly. Because like, don't you understand how great this is. Like, isn't this just a fucking wonderful feeling? Right. Like, don't you get how good this feels right Right. now? And it just was weird to me that people didn't take advantage of it. Like I did. That was my outlook at the time. Like people aren't taking advantage of alcohol. Like they should be. 
are they're not they're, taking they're, they're missing out yeah they're not taking advantage of drugs like they should be that yeah they really are missing out on their high school experience <laughs> and i didn't yeah I, I didn't i didn't see myself as too much of a weirdo but just somebody who like was really right-minded you got it yeah you were the only one that got it well me and a few of my buddies right come I, I think because i had other buddies who thought the same you know they were addicts too right it's right. kind of like okay you know we we're, we're really doing this right those other kids don't don't get it the way the way we do right right yeah and yeah and started doing opiates um in high school and those immediately became my favorite painkillers and stuff yeah they were you i mean i guess there's always a dealer somewhere they were just available actually it was a football they were available in the locker room in football a lot oh right and Loratab turned into Percocet, Percocet turned into Vicodin, Vicodin turned into Oxycontin, and Oxycontin just became so expensive that I turned to heroin. Yeah, everyone says that heroin is like this thing that kids just pick up, like, like. Yeah, it's becoming a huge. It's becoming a huge thing now. Big problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I have a friend whose daughter is like in in and out of the rehab, and like they had to like lock her all this stuff because it's like. Yeah, so accessible. You don't even. You can have a minimum wage job and have heroin. I got clean. I think just when the epidemic was starting to take hold. Mm. I I got about eight years now. Okay. But since then. Congratulations. Thank you. But since then, it's really become. It's like a legit nationwide epidemic now. Yeah. It's killing damn near fifty thousand a year. Wow. Yeah. So, I felt like yeah. I I left before it became trendy and cool. I was one of the. Uh, <laughs> you the, pioneered. I was one you of the. Re- uh, you you led the, uh, the revitalization. Of the yeah, movement. it was one of the original white suburban heroin addicts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's your brand. Yeah, I did it before Bill Maher found out about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, and I started doing comedy about seven months after I was clean. Oh, so then, like, your re- do you feel like your recovery helped you? Um, I don't know if it helped. It, it, got it you. drove me to do comedy because obviously I had no friends at the time. Like. Right. When I had about six months clean is when I was like, okay, I think I'm actually going to really give this a shot. But I had felonies. Um, I was still going through something called pause, post-acute withdrawal symptoms, and I was still in a pretty miserable spot. Right. And, but it was actually in rehab that I became a comedy fan because wow. it was a pretty strict rehab, and you couldn't watch a lot of TVs, TVs, TV. But one channel that did work was Comedy Central. Oh my god! And I just started watching stand up out of boredom, and I just thought it was really cool and funny, uh-huh. and started doing it when I got out of treatment. And I didn't know much about it. Like a lot of people, I feel like these days when they start comedy, they're real comedy nerds, right? Like real comedy heads who have been fans for a really long time, right? And that just wasn't the case with me. I was like a, a moderate fan for a few months before right. I started right. doing it. Yeah. Wow. So in a way, it's like then you're just finding your way without kind of icons or, or guideposts just kind of yeah called to it from your from it within or from a craving or to stand up yeah curiosity and the hope that this might be something i can do that's fun right yeah and, and time, it's not illegal you won't get a, it's, get it's, a not, it's not illegal you know but you get a rush i mean for me i you know oh, dude it's such a rush no matter how bad how crazy it is in fact like you know, sometimes I do a show and it's like, this is the worst audience ever. I'm like, I can't wait to get up there. Cause it's like, uh huh. there's something about jumping into that storm yeah, and then transforming it. No, you're present during yeah. it. It does kind of, I won't compare it to uh, I won't compare it to heroin. <laughs> I won't compare it to heroin, 
but you do get a high from it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You get a high from it. And I mean, it's the most exciting thing I would say uh, currently in my life. Right. But you know, people have kind of implied that before. It's like your new hero. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not at all. But I, I like it. Because it's you can cool. still show up and function the next day. <laughs> well, and I won't do heinous things to get stage time. Oh, right. So you won't... I, I would do heinous things to get heroin. So what heinous things did you do to get heroin? Oh, man, we're, we're getting deep. Um, I, I, was mean, just, I, I, I did kind of uh, bring it up. Um, you know, I was a thief, a daily thief. I uh, stole from the people that I loved the most. Wow. Stole from strangers and the people I loved. Check card, and you know, check fraud, credit card fraud. Uh really stupid shit like ripping off drug dealers, breaking into cars, um, shoplifting, just, you know, a variety of thievery. Right. Right. Get whatever money I could to. How do you do living amends to all those places? I mean, it's like, I I made amends to the people who I knew, who I direct. If there was somebody I knew and I stole from them, I made amends to those people, but I can't possibly make amends to everybody. Right. That I, that I stole from because I broke into like a fuck ton of just like a random cars. Right. I'd go up and down the streets at like two in the morning and just find car doors that were unlocked, you know, suburban Utah, safe neighborhoods um. and open their doors and just clean their ashtrays and just clean their ashtray. Like I do that to like 20 cars and get $50 of change. <laughs> yeah. And then go to wow. the, go to the coin star the next morning. Wow. Yeah. You're that guy. At the coin yeah. star. Yes. I was the guy like with punching his arm. Uh-huh. Right? With a big sock full of change. Right. Yes. Right. Whenever you go to the coin star and you saw like a tube sock that was there for some reason, that was that was that guy. <laughs> oh my god, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean there's definitely a high. It's not the same, but there's a high. There's a rush and I I don't know, I think I yeah. I used to do it. Uh, do, do you feel like because this is a, I mean, my process was like before when I was younger, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is validating me. Now it's like I validate myself through my own recovery. But now this is a really satisfying like tennis match or some kind of multidimensional kung fu battle with myself and the audience to create something. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't do, what, what, what's your journey with like the satisfaction? Is it like, my- some people get caught up in this validation thing and it'll never be enough. But when I hear you have recovery, where, how does that play out? So, I don't know, man, like, I'm not always thinking about, oh, man, this feels so good to be doing comedy now, and I'm a recovering heroin addict. Yeah. (laughs) I think, yeah, yeah. I think, like, my experience doing comedy is the same as a a lot of comedians and how I experience satisfaction, just like when a new bit works or something like that. uh, There's not this constant, like, undertone of, I'm a recovering heroin addict, and that new joke worked. Right. I think I just experience it like a regular comic. I'm like, oh fuck, nice that new joke. Because you've got you've got eight eight years now under your belt. Yeah, I got eight years. It's still like a a daily thing. So it's still a daily but, time. I mean, is there a cra- you have cravings or, or? Yeah, I was just talk. I just had this uh, con- conversation with my my buddy in the car. He just found whenever anybody finds out. But yeah, I still uh, have cravings, but they're less strong now and much less frequent too. Right. Whereas they used to be all day every day. Right. Now I get a craving like once or twice a week. Right. Like a really, a really. What do you do in that moment? Do you make a call? Do you. Well, I think about withdrawals and I think about um, like all of the shittiness that accompanied heroin. Right. Right. And it's gotten to the point where it's kind of automatic now Mm -hmm. where when I have a craving, I don't think about how good it feels. 
And then this is just a really simple technique, but it works. I just think about like, what do I want to do with my life? And would that be possible if I were a junkie? Right. And it's not. And if the craving is bad, I'll like maybe go hit up a meeting real quick. I'm like, oh, I, I should go to a meeting tonight. Right, right. And that usually helps to be with other people who get it. So I don't feel like such a goddamn weirdo. Right, right, right. You know? And another thing that helps is like finding the dude who has, at, at a meeting, like the newcomer, finding the dude who has like three days clean. Right. Um, and looking at that person and be like, holy shit, I never want to be there again. Right. And right. that helps a lot too. Right. Cause you yeah. see this kind of person who just walked away from a plane crash. You're like, yeah. I like not know. even a person, just this human thing that's currently just existing. Right. Just like breathing and functioning and still like in a really hopeless place. Right. And this sounds cynical, but it's true. But just also knowing, Oh, that person's probably not going to be here next week. Like not here as in like, alive but here at this meeting this person's probably not still going to be in recovery in a week right because they're still in and out out yeah yeah this person is still in that like super precarious spot where it's more of like they just had a feeling oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get clean today and hit up a meeting or something right but as soon as they're done they're gonna go chase again right yeah and just seeing just seeing that person again kind of is a, a really helpful reminder Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. No, I, I, okay. I get it. I, I, I'll, I'll go, I'll go to a room just to like, all oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Now. <laughs> I'm what, what do you mean a room? Well, like a meeting, you know, so are you in recovery? Yeah. A bunch of things. Oh shit. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know. Oh my God. I just came out to you. <laughs> I know. What are you recovering from? Uh, let's see. Al-Anon, Debtors Anonymous, uh, oh, okay. Love Addict, you know, so oh, I'm more okay. relational. I'm like emotional, relational uh-huh. addiction. And then with money, I was like, I know, I'll just charge and make this one man show. And then RuPaul will love me and I'll be enough. Like I, I really was like, in, uh-huh. that was my way of numbing the pain. Okay. And then like now I've paid off all my debt. I've lived in cash. You know, okay. I've, I've keep all my numbers. It's like another but way to like clean house. You, went, you go to like uh, SLAA stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. I've turned off all apps. I have no more apps, you know, of, of, of those kind of apps. I know the apps you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a, a, over a year that I'm like, oh my god, I have all this. My mind is back. I'm so present. It's like you, Facebook is still a gray area for me. I kind of I can post for shows, but I don't go into like. But your thing you was know. getting like a huge addictive rush from like new human connection. Yeah, or yeah. really, it's about wanting to get people that aren't available to love me. Oh, like it's god. all daddy stuff, you know. Like dad, see me, you know. Uh huh. And when someone does and really witnesses me, but they have to be someone who can't do it. Completely. Are you a are you a pretty codependent person? Would you say? I'm sorry. What do you mean by that? What, what do I need to say to you to make you uh, love okay. me? Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 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 That's fucking toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now it's like yeah. I don't need your validation, but I do want to spend time with you, and let's connect and see if this is appropriate. I don't know. Right. Right. But the old me be like, oh, let's write a song. Oh Jesus. <laughs> let's write a song. <laughs> Just like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely like rushing every little thing to like. Uh, prove how worth it you are all of the time well i think it it was just uh i just want to merge with someone because i don't feel like i'm enough i see or or just the it was i was always looking outside of myself for the validation that i need to be giving to myself now it's like oh my god i am beautiful i'm talented i'm amazing right and i want to share my i want to share all this with somebody else it's a different way to live (laughs) than sort of like well someone's gonna you know that jerry Maguire's you complete me that is like the most toxic movie so how have you learned how to like oh it it is dude that's a shitty message right you complete complete me me. so someone out there is gonna pay it all off Uh and i'll feel good finally totally totally and without that person you're not complete right so if something happens to that person right you're fucked 
fucked. And that person better get their, keep their shit together. All right. And I better make sure that person keeps their shit together. It's horrible. Here's the thing I've always been curious about, like, codependent people. So how have you learned to still, like, like give, like, sort of be of service when is necessary, but not, like, fucking hurt yourself for the benefit of others? You know what I mean? Am I, oh, like, yeah, th- those, yeah. those lines are kind of blurry sometimes. Well, cause it's, like, for me, it's, like... I, if I can giving from a complete and generous place where I can give to somebody and not go, oh, God, this this will make me complete or without any. It, it's a gift. There's no strength. I think it's when your intentions are really to, like, help someone yeah, who, who help needs them. your help as opposed to, like, hurting yourself to get this person right. to validate and also, you. Is, are you empowering yeah, yeah. that person or is that person, like, a black hole of need that's never going to be? You know, it's like right. a heroin addict. When someone comes into a room, it's like you're helping them to get recovery. You're not removing that they have to do their work right. to 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 get clean yeah. so emotionally i'm not rescuing someone i can support them but really a lot of times i'll just listen to someone i don't have to give them the answer totally the old me like okay oh. we're gonna do this we're gonna do that we're gonna go to the woods i'm gonna grieve your childhood with you let me just beat this this tree with a rock you wanted and, to be their hero right right yes i'm gonna rescue and it was more so so you would get something from it than to actually be of service yeah yeah because at that point it's like well then i'm good now I'm right. a good person. Yes. And bef- now it's like, well, I want to be of service to people, but I also know that this is not going to, f- I can feel this or there's a higher power or there's a, I'm already complete. I'm not walking over here going, well, if I help them, I can finally breathe. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, but a lot of people just well. emotionally feel that like, oh, I'm being loving, I'm being kind. And really they're just manipulating them to, oh, if I'm being nice, then you'll love me. Uh-huh. Oh, now I'm lovable. I'm not, it's just crazy. Like I'm making you do it, but I'm not giving to myself. Okay. So, well, cool, dude. How long have you been hitting up meetings and stuff? Oh God, I feel like we just rever- we've just reversed the interview. <laughs> I know <laughs> he's doing a jujitsu. Like, okay, now I've we're talked gonna... about, I've talked about heroin so much with right. so many people. I'm happy to talk about. No, it. I mean I've been Alan on yeah. since two two thousand one. So you go to Alan on? Yeah, Alan on. Because I was you... I was dating lots of addicts. I see. My type was blonde, muscular, with really big drinking problems. Interesting. If, and if they blacked out, I'd be rescuing them. Yeah. You know, all that. Or emotionally damaged people, and I'll help them have feelings. You I, know? Th- I think <laughs> then... more addicts should actually go to Al-Anon meetings. Oh, yeah. yeah because yeah. Al-Anon doesn't just help, like, the people that are families and friends and in relationships with addicts. It also, like, helps addicts to see how shitty they were <laughs> to the people. No, it does. Right, right. And a lot of addicts avoid those meetings because they're hard to stomach. Well, it's hard to sit there and look at yourself and go, oh, my God, that's what I, you'll, I've been doing. Now. You'll go and, like, hear some lady who was married to an alcoholic for 20 years talk about just what her life was like being married to this guy. Right, right. And that forces you to kind of reckon with all that shit to see, right. like, what you put people through. And right. it's kind of like, oh, Jesus. Right, right. Yeah. Sometimes, like, I'll go to a convention, and they'll have the speaker meeting and then an Al-Anon meeting right after it. Right. And when the Al-Anon meeting starts, the whole place will, like, clear out <laughs> of, like, all of the alcoholics and addicts and everything. I'm like, man, you guys should stick around and listen to this shit. Right, Because right. this is some of the most important stuff. Because here's the impact of your choices that yes. you don't remember uh-huh. or want to remember. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, cool, dude. So then, so anyway, so then uh, uh, the you got you got clean and uh, you got clean and you started doing your comedy. You 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 wrote, you know went up the ranks at at Wise Guys, and they you know they were giving you sp- that's that's like a great. So do you feel like being in a in a smaller pond? Because now you're in L.A. Yeah. So what's the question? 
do I so, miss? Do I miss? Do you Salt miss? Because like in a way, being oh, in a small pond where dude, you get a lot of stage time, dude, and I, I love miss. You. I miss it like crazy. Yeah. I didn't. I don't think I moved to L.A. Well, I, I know I didn't move to L.A. to get better at comedy. I don't feel like I'm actually getting better at comedy in L.A. Yeah. Um. It and I'm not talking about how anybody else does comedy. It's just me, personally. I felt like I would grow faster if I had the chance to do regular 12-minute spots in front of real people. Um, I think some comics can grow and get fast doing, you know, three-minute mics in front of seven stoned comics. I, I know a lot of comics who have gotten, like, really fucking good at comedy doing that. Yeah. I just have a hard time with it. So what I'm getting from L.A. isn't so much comedy stuff. I went out there to do stuff other than comedy. Right. That cliche story. Right. But so I could continue doing comedy. Right. You know, to get to get known. And, I mean, who knows, dude? Like, it's a fucking... I try not to think about L.A. comedy too much, to be honest with you, because I get bummed. Right. It makes me less enthusiastic about comedy. Right, right. Just... You had to make another meeting. <laughs> yeah. But do I miss Salt Lake? Yeah. Yeah, I miss it like crazy. I miss going out and, you know, being able to do 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes in front of a sold-out club right and crushing it and just feeling like an actual comedian right i right. felt like a comedian in salt lake in la i feel like uh a dude who is trying to be a comedian right right yeah right i know that i know that feeling uh, yeah I know that feeling when you get you know sometimes but i, I don't want to be entitled right because i know there's a lot of people doing those mics that are like really fucking awesome comics that have been doing it longer than me and that are better at it than me. Right. And they're still grinding it out and they might have a much better attitude about it than me. Right. So I think I'm trying to like actually work on my attitude. Like your comedy recovery. Yeah. Just like, I think I am being a little bit entitled, frankly. Right. But not like overtly entitled to where I'm like being shitty about it. Right. But I think I'm kind of having like a, a, like a really shitty, like feeling bad for myself kind of attitude. Right. Like where, where I came from and what I'm doing now. Right, and I need to drop that like that story. Like the, I need to drop it, that like right now. Does that story serve just, you? How does that story serve it you? It doesn't. Right, it right. doesn't. So, yeah, but I actually like. I lived in New York for a spell too, and I do like the LA scene a little bit more than the New York scene. I, I think the LA. Well, I also just had more friends in LA. Right, is a thing too, and that's right. what helps a lot too. Right, I think also just yeah. having some sort of community, especially in LA, if it's so spread out, like if you have yeah. some way of being connected so it's not just i mean i guess other than hitting meetings how else do you make connection or well i don't i don't go to meetings to network that's a weird thing i'm seeing in la it's kind of funny well do people do that they go to meetings and and well, I yes this one yeah, comedian totally. that i used to work with she, she said well we, we need to get funding we're trying to get funding for this project so i started going to 12-step meetings <laughs> every everybody is in the industry in some way or another out there right yeah well like so ryan folks the guy who does this festival. Yeah. I just assumed he was a comedian. I had no idea he wasn't a comic. Uh -huh. And I just assumed he was just because he lives in LA. I'm like, oh, this guy lives in LA. He's probably a comic. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did he, I don't even, I, I didn't know that. I just assumed. You assumed he was a comic too. Yeah. I think he, he said he did it for a, a couple of years. Oh, And okay. uh, then just got more into like the production side of it. Okay. And he was very honest. He's talking about how he wasn't great at, stand-up but he was very good at stand-up comedy production okay. and just decided to sort of redirect his focus onto that right end of it. Yeah, yeah right yeah. right instead of getting married just keep hosting weddings you know uh-huh 
produce another Instead wedding. Instead of getting married, keep hosting weddings. Yeah, like be a, have a wedding venue, create weddings everywhere. You know, is that a thing that people do? Wedding yeah. production company? Oh fuck yeah, it is. There's yeah. those people, huh? There's a whole business for people that just help people create their wedding. That's yeah. a dope, dude. So I'm just thinking, I'd you know, get it on that something. racket. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's true. Well, I, I, actually, I've, I think I hosted one or two. You can, if you can get into the racket of being a comedian for weddings, holy cow! I mean, you also have to sort of eat part of your soul because it's not you're yeah, doing what, it for grandmas and grandpas and all wh- family. What kind of an act do you have? Is that a, is that a niche wedding comics? Yeah. Well, no, you host the event. Oh, so fuck. you're not just doing, you know, but you're you're gonna make a, a crazy chunk of change on it. I haven't really, I did one or two, you know, I haven't done a ton. Dude, I'm so ready to do shit like that. I'm all about like doing dumb gigs these days. Yeah. I want to be a fucking cruise ship guy. Uh. No, I do. I want to do fucking cruise ships, weddings. Um, I'm not. You know r- I'm great? not Heroin. right. I'm not right for any of those. Heroin stuff. crushes God. at those. At I know. The family All I do is thing. talk about fucking heroin. <laughs> I know. Well, so you can. You know I what you can do? do anything. Go into like children's chewables or something. Dude, I did a show last year at a birthday party at a farm, and there was a bunch of kids in like baby lawn chairs in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding you. It was so what back did you in... open with with a bunch of lawn chair kids? Let's see. I don't remember what opening joke I did. I remember I did 30 minutes, and it was, like, G-rated, but I had to do heroin stuff. Like, if I'm going to work clean, I have to talk about that. So I'm, like, talking about heroin stuff in front of, like, toddlers. Oh, my God. I were know. The pit, were the adults loving it? Were they dying? Some of them were, and some of them were like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... They were reading my bio, and I think at the time my bio had the word damn in it, and they replaced it with the word darn. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, this right. is uh, right. This is going to be, like, bonkers. This is, like, Brigham City, Utah. Oh, my. You're in Brigham City, Utah, yeah, and yeah. you're going to do heroin jokes. My heroin's all over the place in Utah. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. they're but kids. They're kids, and they that was my darn. Thing. That was my thing. It was kids, but... Yeah, I remember I did it. The the guy who owned Wise Guys hooked it up, and I did it right before I went to go host shows at Wise Guys. So I made like <laughs> several hundred bucks, and then hosting money at Wise Guys. So I was like, "What the hell? I'll do it." Right, 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 right. But and the stage was like a fucking wagon that had been converted into a stage. Was uh, there like straw all over the wagon? Yeah, of course yeah, there, there was. was. Straw. Were you, did there did was you like rest a... your glass of non-alcoholic beverage on a on a wedge of? Uh, Here, here's what it was. Now I'm remembering. So there's this place in yeah. Brigham City, Utah called the Red Barn, and they rent out. They've converted their Red Barn into like an event center. Yeah. Which they haven't really done anything. They just like painted it nice and then got rid of the dirt floors and put concrete in there, and then people go and like have shindigs at this Red Barn. So they just like threw a party for all of their clients who they rent their barn out to, <laughs> and they decided let's hire a comedian. <laughs> and I don't know why, but then. Keith Stubbs, the guy who owns Wise Guys, is like, yeah, I'll give you a handy gold. <laughs> like, I think he just did it because it worked out logistically. Because uh, it's not far from his club in Ogden. I was doing, I was hosting shows for his club oh. in Ogden. He's like, yeah, I can have Andy do that and then go. Right host. over to the club. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the whole front row was like, like literally like five to seven year olds. Oh my God. Yeah. But what? Maybe a clown. Get a clown or something. No, nah, man. They wanted a comic. They wanted it. They wanted to keep it real. They wanted to keep it real. <laughs> but, uh, Mormon family real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Well, but you, that's what you get now. Now you have that. That's one of your superpowers. Was, you went through it, so now you have a superpower from that. It was kind of okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you do differently next time? Have more uh, jokes about vegetables? Dude, I got some vegetable Nap jokes. Time. Oh, you do? I got a joke about produce stand. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, the kids, so, the kids love it. Yeah, I did. I did, and I changed the word clusterfuck to conglomerate. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, seven-year-olds love conglomerate. I'm not sure what that word means, but it just like sounds the same. Doesn't a conglomerate mean like a gathering? Yeah, yeah. So but, that's like a. That's so do the kids go? Oh my god, conglomerate! I mean, they liked it because I did a, uh, just because I looked silly. I think. Um... The kids were eating it up. I was crushing it. I riffed on boogers. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Kids love shit about boogers. <laughs> I know. I was there eating it up. Did you die a little bit inside? Did you feel like you needed heroin after no, that? No, no, no. You I'm, were fine. You dude, were fine. I have no desire to be hip. Okay. I, I truly, I, I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, that's something I think is really valued, like, to be a hip. I don't care. I'll, yeah. go, do, I'll go do booger material in front of babies. Like, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't. He's, he's comfortable with heroin and boogers. Yeah, dude. You're I, really versatile. I, I, I didn't die inside at all. Okay. I, I don't really have like a lot of like uh, swagger and coolness to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. See, nothing to prove. I mean, you wore no, the shirt. No. You're wearing a little Banana Republic. You, 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 you made an effort, right? What does this? What does that mean? No, I don't. No, I'm just saying. You said you have no. I'm but you're wearing like a decent shirt. You oh, make it sound like you, no, I have like no desire. Slumped out fully. No, not necessarily. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, not necessarily slumped out. I um, let's see. But you're comfortable. I, you don't need to to. You're not afraid to touch a booger. Joke. Yeah, I guess um, when I was talking about doing cruise ships, I wasn't like fucking around. I was being sincere. Yeah. Like that gets uh, shit on a lot. But if a cruise ship's like Andy, we want you to come and do this goddamn ship, I'd be like, yeah. Dude, I'll do a ship. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of the stuff that is thought of like being really lame in the comedy world. I'm like, dude, I'll fucking do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this yeah. other other comedian, she was a. I can't wait in. to be like 15 years older than I am, and just like an entrenched hack. <laughs> like, yeah, just doing like really a hack drone. Yeah, dude, just, just can't doing like stop doing just doing like really passe dumb shit, like dressing behind the times. Right. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Six years ago. Even longer, dude. Oh, you want like a ten- you want to be vintage. I, I want to. I want to be long the, enough, but not long enough to be vintage. I want to be the dude that all the other comics roll their eyes at. Okay. Really hard. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I so can't wait. I want to be the the fucking counterculture to the hip comedy community. Uh, I want to be overtly hokey and lame, and shitty. You'll you'll be doing that on the on the cruise ship. We're at a retirement center. Yeah, and that the weddings? That sounds great, dude. I'm going to go research wedding gigs as soon as this is over. Right, right. Yeah. Because then, then you could pull out for the kids in the front, you know, when you need, you got the boogers in your pocket. You got heroin for the younger ones. I never had you. boogers in my pocket. Oh, you didn't have a booger joke no. in your pocket? You just Oh, booger jokes. I thought you were talking about actual boogers. No, I'm like, just saying, is... you got these jokes in your pocket. You got the booger jokes in the pocket. You got like, whatever. What do you need? Because you always have to have your utility belt full of whatever, depending on who's in the audience. Yeah, dude. And <laughs> <laughs> now you got the burger. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, but what's so your big picture is cruises? Not really. Roll it. No. no. No, no, no. You're being, come on. Dude, I want to, no, of course not. I want to be a, a club comic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just a touring fucking, 
Uh, comedian, man. I don't know what else to say beyond that. Like, I've kind of am carving out a niche for myself right now in the recovery circuit, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. Because there's a and whole those gigs it. actually kick ass. Yeah. Like, I because they get it. Yeah, I actually love those gigs, and I'm doing a couple in September. I just walked walked one down. Like, so I I do. That's like most of my road work. Okay. But what I have to work on, frankly, in comedy is my hustle. Right. That's what I got to do. I got to work on my goddamn schmoozing. And L.A. kind of forces you to do that, I think. Because mm. like, you're so spread out? Yeah. Well, L.A. kind of forces you to get your schmooze on and get your grind on and get your hustle on. And, like, you can either kind of roll your eyes at it or you can be like, I have been. And be like, man, this is stupid. I just want to tell my jokes. Or you can just, like, get to work, like, accept what it is. Right. And just sort of fucking say, okay, here, here's what it is. It's time to get going. Right. And I think there's also actually kind of a coolness to it of like, um, you know, getting to work and treating it like a business and, you know, making it uh, sort of legit for yourself. Right. You know what I mean? And right. I think I've been procrastinating on that for a long time. I still haven't figured out how social media works. Right. Yeah. But does that make sense? Yeah, what yeah. I just said. So big picture, my goal is what every comic's goal is. Right. I just need ninety percent of comics to quit. There's too many fucking. <laughs> there's too many fucking comics. There is. There's so many comics. There's dude. too many human beings. Out there is. The there's fucking too many human beings. Out of the way. Yes. Out of the way. All of you in the audience, uh -huh. off of the stage. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. I don't really want it. But I. W that's not big picture goal. But I. I am also serious. Like if. If I were ever asked to do that shit, I would 100% do it. Right, right. There's like no, yeah. I'll do as much side hustle as possible to support the main hustle. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of how I see this like recovery niche. Right. It's sort of like supplementing the end goal right, right. now. Right. But it's also, at this point, it's also like the most viable like career path with stand-up. Right. You know what I mean? It's like the one path I'm like, oh, this is actually going to be like a thing in my future. Seems to be. Right. And the good side of it is that I actually do love the gigs. Right. But that's not my, uh, that's not my end goal. Right. Yeah. Well, what's, uh, what was one of your craziest gigs that you were able to pull a rabbit out of a hat? Like, and come out on top? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends by what you mean. I mean uh, other uh, than the, uh, the, I'll, I'll tell you what the a kid's party slash adult darn. I'm kind of redefining what it means to like come out on top on this one. Cause For I, you. Because I left. That was my way of declaring victory. Oh, okay. I was hosting a heavy metal showcase. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the audience was, like, incredibly abusive and shitty. Yeah, well, it's heavy and, metal, too, so. Yeah, and just, like, like, literally just walking around, drinking, screaming at each other, screaming at me. And the lady who booked it had no idea how comedy worked. She wanted me to just, like, do comedy while they were, the band was setting up their shit behind me. <laughs> And she's like, why don't you go up there and just open up with 15? I go, okay. And then just kind of bring up the other bands. And I said, okay, I can do that. But she didn't specify, like, the other bands would have to set up for 15 minutes. And she <gasps> wanted me to do more material. Oh, my God. And there was, like, seven bands. Oh, and my then I did God. The math. I'm, like, I'm like, you're going to want me to do, like, two hours of material. Like, I don't have that much. Nobody has that much yeah, yeah. or that well, much patience. And – so I just went out and like riffed with the crowd, and then after the third band, I snuck out and I left. I just bailed. 
And I, yeah, I drove away like I had such a fucking rush. Like I felt like I, I it felt like ditching school. It felt like <laughs> it felt like I was a kid again. And I was ditching school, and I just left those fuckers hanging. Oh and that one, I, I felt like I didn't do well, but I kind of came out on top in the sense that I sort of like gave him the finger, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, you fucking dicks," and just Who booked it. Uh, just some like fucking. 40-year-old gritty ratchet who fancied herself like a heavy... She was like a, a groupie to all the heavy metal bands in Salt but she, Lake City. But she'd never, she had never you know, created an event with a comic N- doing that before? No, no. She had no idea what she was doing. She saw me at Wise Guys, and she liked me. Oh, and she said, oh, this is, a, yeah, this, is, this is a fantasy idea that she'd never played out I think before. she wanted to jump on the D, to be honest with you, dude. Uh, okay. And then uh, she Who's was... Who's D? Andy G's, homie. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> But I was having such a miserable time that right. I, I just bounced. Right, right. Yeah, and I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what happened. The rest of it. Never heard. Like, she just never called. No, or... I went. Well, I also went home and unfriended her on Facebook, so she couldn't <laughs> message me. <laughs> like, so you double ghost. You double ghosted with an iron wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You defriended her and so, blocked. I was pretty proud of myself that day. Wow, wow. Yeah. That's like such a fucking junkie move, just to dip out and run. Right. Yeah. Right. And were like, you? So this is pre. This is. You were recovered at this point. Oh, I had a couple years. Yeah. 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 But, but it is a junky move, as opposed to just being accountable. Hey, this isn't working. I gotta go. Thanks. Yeah. Instead of like you know being healthy and talking to her. Right. I just saying, hey, this isn't this isn't possible. I, I just dipped out, but right. I had such a rush. Of course. Like driving away, I'm like ah, like I was giddy. <laughs> Do you want to hear something that's kind of similar to that? That was okay. shitty. That I was doing a lot. When I was shopping for cars, um, whenever a car dealer was like, I would lead them on, and they would like run my credit, but I wasn't interested at all. And then the, when they would go into the back room to do the final paperwork, I did this to like three different car dealers. I would sneak out in the middle of them doing their shit and just run away. Oh my god! Yeah. But you, 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 you... and I did that on a date once too. Wait, you had a date with a car dealer no no just a, uh just some girl i met on tinder and, and she checked was, your credit and while she was checking your credit she, no, no no she was a drag like it, she sucked ass she was horrible so i pr- said i'm gonna go get some sodas and i just snuck out the back oh my which god. was shitty that is so shitty you but just, this is years ago oh my god that, oh my god but well, i get do you remember her I, we, we, I, I just want to like do, do an intentional we, ma- we matched again on tinder accidentally because i was just <laughs> swiping right a bunch and she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, look, dick. She messaged me. She's like, so have you gotten the soda yet? And I didn't know. I didn't even recognize her or know who she was talking about. I'm like, what's going on? Then oh, she sent me like this five-paragraph thing about how I caught her on an off day. Like, to imply that she usually rules. So, oh. But then also chewing me out. So the tone of the whole message was like half, hey, I'm not that shitty, and half, fuck you for leaving. Right. But as shitty as all of that stuff is, like I, I admit, I still get like a small rush from like ditching out on shit. Wow, that but, is that is an addict. But man. I haven't, yeah, oh, totally. You run as an addict, but I haven't done that for for a while. Wow, I've been. Do I mean, I've done that. I mean, I haven't yeah. done that, but I've, yeah. I the 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 secret or the intrigue, the kind of like sneaky, sneak it, sneaky behavior, man. Yeah, 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 totally. That's yeah. total addict behavior, sneaky yeah. behavior. Yeah, yeah, because I think. You uh, you kind of uh, get satisfied because you're like I'm smarter than everybody. Well, you get away with it. Yeah, you get away with it. Like if you, I fucking, if you get a deal, I tricked them. Right. Even though I didn't trick anybody. No really. one. The only yeah. one I, I I tricked was myself. Yeah. You know? So. 
So how, how can people find you? We're doing my social media plugs. Yeah. I'm on Facebook. My name's Andy Gold. I'm not sure what the link is to that Yeah, how shit. many Andy Golds are there on Facebook? A bunch. Yeah. Um, just type in Andy Gold. Well, I'll, have a, I'll, have a, I'll put a link here on the on Okay. The Twitter is at Andy A. Gold. Instagram is Andy Austin Gold. Andy Austin Gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to step up my gram game. Right. Yeah, dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Step up my gram game. Well, you've done grams before. I, I guess. have. Yes, this is true. <laughs> right, right. Well, thanks, dude. Cool, man. Awesome. I'm so Absolutely. glad to have you. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. That was fun, man. Awesome. And we're here at WTY Podcast. Check for all the links and uh, like us. Tell your friends. Review us. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Andy. Go. Yep. Later. WTY. It's a comedy journey.